Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Miranda Lambert inserts foot and mouth and then everyone's forgotten about the writer's strike. I'm, I'm still one step behind. Okay. What did Miranda Lambert say? Oh, oh. so this bitch. <laughs> so dumb, Pat. It's so dumb, it, but it's so funny. So she was on stage. She was in the middle of a freaking song. Yes. And uh-huh. like a it was slow a song. ballad. It was yes. like a, a ballad. slow song. Yeah. And she's on stage and she's playing at Planet Hollywood. And why that matters is because how the venue is set up in Vegas. And there's like a row of girls in the VIP. So like, and it's like really a well done kind of like tier. Like <laughs> the VIPs almost have like a wall behind them. Like they're not blocking anybody. And these group of girls turned around and said, hey, can someone like take a picture? And so they took a picture of her standing behind them singing she dead ass stops in the middle of the song and is like, I'm sorry, we're going to stop. These girls feel like it's more important to take a selfie than listen to my song and it's pissing me off. And, oh, my blood. Ooh. My blood. Yeah, boiled. well, when you pay 700 freaking dollars for a concert ticket. Well, and if you're being drunk and disorderly and throwing shit and, like, making a scene. Or, or making to it so that other people can't enjoy the yeah. show, which I've seen that a hundred times where there's one times. drunk yeah. girl. It doesn't sound like they would have been disrupting the concert for no. anybody else until no. she brought attention to it. It was more, I think it was more of a, like, you guys are at a concert, like, be in the moment. This is, like, a poignant song, like... I think Everybody it was just, else did was you just say the P word? You did. You just you said did. it. <laughs> now people yeah, are starting she... to post her stuff of her being a bitch. Well, <laughs> see, she's like a very different performer than. I mean, there are some performers like Harry Styles or Louis Tomlinson, where yeah, like Taylor, you, or Taylor, Swift. Taylor, Taylor Swift, you expect to see that kind of stuff going on. She yeah. sings very like like what's the word like she's like a dirty country almost and everything she sings sings about is like just something you know what i mean raw like, yeah. they're like about abuse and, and like about people who brought like oh her songs aren't like bubblegum they're like and so she thinks it's a different kind of crowd that she'd be coming to see her and she it's just not. doesn't have that vibe hmm. but at the yeah. same time they're paying so i don't know how she stops them from doing that I think you just have to realize that the people who are going to concerts are young now mm, and they're right. not the kind of crowd that she wants necessarily to be seeing her. But us yeah. old people aren't going to concerts so much anymore. Like, to be fair, I am not a country music fan. So no. I don't know anything about the songs she's singing. All I know is if I pay that much for a ticket and the artist singles me out, for something that I'm doing that's not affecting anybody else. And oh, it's yeah. not It'll rude and it's not outrightly rude to her. I mean, it's not like they're yelling at her, telling yeah. her to shut her pie hole or whatever oh, right. during a concert. Yeah. I mean, that's rude. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I people want to capture the moment. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it personally. No, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it either. It's, I mean, but I kind of get it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Celine Dion probably would have a problem with people throwing balls around at her concert. Mm, I don't know how she gets people to not do that in Las Vegas. Like, but yeah, some I would think there would probably want to be like that. Be know? a lot of drunk people in Vegas. I, I would think that that would be a unique venue to try to perform in because you're dealing with people who are b- by design behaving badly. What happens in Vegas stays in <laughs> Vegas. The Backstreet Boys fans were pretty well behaved, actually. When Rachel and I went, like there was, I mean, there was a group of drunk girls by us, and like security dealt with them pretty quickly. <laughs> but my thing is, is like. And pe- the first time I saw the video, there was, like, a woman, and I don't know who she was with, in front of the person recording. And as soon as Miranda Lambert did that, you hear the woman go, that's it, we're leaving. And the woman she was with, her daughter, whoever, was like, what? And she goes, you don't treat your fans like that. And they got up and walked out. Right. And they were not the only people who got up and walked out. Whoa. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I think yeah. it was a mistake. I don't know that she should have done it at all. Um, but knowing her as an artist she just doesn't take shit and she doesn't want shit and i mean i think it was stupid of her but i get that why she did i mean i get that she did it because she's just that kind of artist that doesn't dealing with that kind of if you're going to be a live performance artist yeah that right. is part of your skill set is dealing with whether it's honestly she's not a very or, good people yeah. person and she's just not like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I could be wrong about this, but didn't she get her start because she was on some really weird, like, country American Idol kind of bullshit show? Um, I feel Carrie, like she tries to over tries. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood was on American was actually Idol. on American but Idol. Yeah. I think there's a country version of that. Was like she on Nashville weird... Star or something? Yeah, something like that. Hold on. Uh-huh. Possibly. I think she overcompensates. Google. And tries to be How real edgy because I think she got her, her start, start in a really bizarre way that wasn't, you know. Or we all okay like yes in a Nashville apology. star. Yeah. Oh, so I think she overcompensates because she feels like she isn't a real, you know, country artist. Yeah. Well, the and other I mean, dude, that guy that what's the dude that's on the other show, the X Factor, the guy she used to be married to. He seems Blake like Shelton. a real decent die, guy. Yeah. So for their marriage to like break up, I kind of assume like there were, she's real hard to live with. There were rumors, you know, they lived in Oklahoma. So there was a Did lot they? of small town gossip going on when she lived in Tishomingo with him. She, That's the coolest name for a city ever, I know. by the way. So, so they it. opened, she opened a little clothing store there and y- you know how women are, they're bitches. So yeah, especially in a small town, you're going to get a lot of that. So I took it all with a grain of salt because the rumor, rumor mill was pretty extreme. I don't know. I feel bad for anybody who's in the, in the public eye because people are so mean, like, like the thing that you just said now about the comments I mean, if yeah. you're going to think something like that, that's fine. But don't put it out there. I mean, that, that's just freaking mean. Unless somebody... I mean, she walked into that one. <laughs> Dude, I know, but it I just... I mean, people weren't, like, giving... Like, people were going on, like, tirades. I mean, people were, but, like... Yeah, 
Taylor yeah, Swift would never. Come on. Put her up but, on that when pedestal. When you say something dumb like that, it used to be that the five or ten people who were maybe in the room with you at the right. most. Let's say delete that shit. And maybe they repeated it to a few other people, but it, unless it was something really outrageous, it would die down from yeah, there. Not anymore. Now, and, the world knows about it. So, well, yeah. And if you yeah. don't want people taking pictures at your show, there are artists who lock up phones. Yeah, we talked you know, about that. True. That was on, that was on the, um, they were talking about it on TV the other night. Yeah, like Jack White, when he puts on shows, you put your phone in a bag with a lock and you can't have it until you leave the venue. Yeah. I mean, so... Maybe she'll do that. that. That slows down the process of getting in and out. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. I just got on my... As a fangirl, I was like, how the fuck dared you, Miranda <laughs> Lambert? <laughs> it was very extra and weird of her to do that. It was... I and I was like, sister, you can't concentrate on singing a song with someone taking a picture like a hundred feet from you. Oh, you're in the wrong could. business. It wasn't disruptive. She just, yeah. she just yeah. hated that they were taking selfies. That's yeah. all. Yeah, it was weird. It was so Speaking weird. Speaking of fangirls, Megan, I was thinking of you because a friend of mine, well, actually two friends of mine, mother and daughter, the, the girl just graduated from high school and they went to Taylor's concert in Denver. Did they go That's to night one me. or night two? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. You were not prepared anyway, for this conversation, Pat. It was amazing because she had, I guess they have the stage and then there's a long catwalk, she said, that runs out from the stage and their seats yeah. were right at the end <gasps> of the catwalk. Oh, they had the best seats. <laughs> she must seriously be loaded. <laughs> that is, I mean, to pay that much for that seat, it must have been so expensive. I don't know. I don't know how she got them. But that's, that's pretty yeah, cool. those are the best spots. She spends a lot of time at that end of the stage in that show. <laughs> but if she went to night one, she got my favorite song. She got Picture to Burn. And mm -hmm. like I was so sad that it wasn't my song my secret song. And then if they went to night two, they got back to December. So it was a win win either night. But Picture to Burn was Oh my God, you're like, starting to make me glaze over Megan. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you don't like Taylor Swift. I do like Taylor Swift, I but I, I just weeks. don't go that deep. It's okay because you'll be Harry Styles free from now for who knows because his last show right is right now in Aww. Italy on this tour. He's finishing the tour and then he'll disappear. No, he won't. For like a year. No, he won't. He'll still be on your yeah. social media. No, that man goes dark. Typically, if he's not on tour, like we'll be like, does anybody know where the fuck Harry is? Like, is, do we have a? Is he alive? Have we had a sighting? <laughs> like. Speaking of everything being shut down, I heard of actually a cool thing that the SAG-AFTRA union did. What? There is the Buffalo, Wyoming, small town. It's the town that Longmire is based on. They call it Absaroka, but it's really based on Buffalo. And Buffalo has a big celebration every year, Longmire Days, and they get thousands of people in. It's like one of the major mainstays of the town's economy. For the summer because it's a little town four thousand four hundred and sixty nine people so longmire days is a big deal and it was all scheduled and then the actors the actors from the show several of them still come and they said we can't because we're the unions on strike and we're not allowed to do promotional stuff the union gave them a special exemption to go ahead and show up for this because it would have devastated that little town 
Aww. I mean, there's not even 5,000 people there. If they they wait for it all year long and it's a huge deal, Wyoming's a small state anyway. So, yeah, I can see. And there's not just five. There's there's like 10 or 15,000 people there for that. Well, that's what I mean. The small town itself (laughs) only has that many, but it's a small state. So there would be a lot of people that would go to it because there's not that Mm -hmm. much to do there. I'd yeah. love to know how Comic-Con went this weekend. What are you going to see at Comic-Con? What are you going to do in Comic-Con when there's no actors? My husband's been watching it all week. Yeah, you'd yeah. be surprised. I, mean, I just po- didn't know. The thing about Comic-Con, though, is... Dude, they that's, have that's authors different. there now. Yes! There yeah. were romance authors there. It started off as a comic book convention. That's why well, it's that's called true. Comic-Con. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. Marvel and all of them were there. I mean, Plus, they it's about getting together... Boy. Yeah, it's about getting together with your geeky yeah. friends. That's the whole I mean, I draw for a lot of people is just to be with, they get to be with be their with people. Their nerdy overlords. Be with their anth- anthropological unit. <laughs> I think that everybody's really scared. That's the bottom line for what's happening with actors and writers right now. They are terrified about AI. And, sure. and that's what's causing all of this. They think their livelihood is at stake. They should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see the freaking first episode of Black Mirror this season? I did. No, I and yes, it scared time. the Dude. living shit out of me. Oh my God. You, you should have seen me watching with my husband and my daughter. I was flip. My daughter and I were flipping the hell out at that show. And Adam, Mr. Keith was just like, I don't know why you guys are so upset. Pat, have like, you seen it? Like, no, this is awful. Pat, have you seen that episode of Black Mirror? I'm trying to re- it's a new it's the newest one it's called um i hate joan is that what it's called oh yeah that one yeah joan is terrible or something joan is terrible terrible. yeah that's what it is yeah joan is awful yeah it yes it's it's Uh terrifying because there are so many of it and the simpsons did a thing on it a while back with um with itunes with lisa where she you know, she joins iTunes and then all of a sudden she's got this huge, she basically sold her soul to iTunes just by signing the the agreements without reading them. And it's- the, For it's anyone a, who hasn't seen it, it's like, it's basically like this girl has something like Netflix and to get Netflix, you have to check the box saying you agree to all this crap. Terms and, and conditions. Out, yes. It's, the conditions and stuff and and she, it turns out that when she clicks that box she has given them permission to use everything in her life for a tv show and her it likeness in real time yeah and it basically records her whole day and then she goes home that night and there it is on the tv all and the she like loses her job because there's conversations that she has at work and they're like yep. well you violated your nda and she's like it wasn't me it was an actress and then it turns out the actress isn't even in it because the actress gave her likeness, um, gave like approval for her likeness oh. to be used. So they just AI the entire thing and ruin all these lives because of it. It's crazy. I mean, they show her and the conversation she has with her therapist. And then her like fiance and her lawyer. Oh my kiss. Oh it's my god, it's awful. It's terrifying. I need to watch it again because there's so much in it. There's just like I've watched I, it twice and I'm still crazy. Yeah. I have only ever watched one episode of Black Mirror. And it was the very was first the one. one. Yeah. The pig one. And a lot of and people I quit. To vomit, yep. And I was like, I'm out. 
That was the first one I watched, and I was like, I don't know that I could watch this show I know, but for those of us who have gone forward and watched all of it, it was so good. I mean, that first pig episode was pretty bad. The pig episode was, I mean, people cringed at the concept, but it was pretty well done. All of it It has been very well done. I really love that show. Megan's gagging over here. My favorite episode is Nosedive, the one with Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, where I have to rate everything, give it a certain number oh, of stars. Oh, yeah. And her, her whole world just implodes. Yep. Streamberry's coming, my friends. Well, speaking of fiction, I think we might have some actual fiction. I'm terrible, Tavani. I'll, I'll admit that straight up because I don't ever think she needs a day off. I'm like, what do you think you need a day off for? So Vani's taking a couple of weeks off for herself for a change. So we're going to be Vani-less. Vani-less. I guess Megan will have to go first. All right. Well, this week I am reviewing Love and Other Great Expectations by Becky Dean. So what drew me to this book, of course, was the cover. And that's because it's just full of like British things. It has the Tower Bridge, the Double Decker Bus, Big Ben, like all the things like the phone booth that you expect to see in England. And uh, our main character is Britt Hansen and she's a senior in high school and we meet her and she's had a soccer injury. She got like a bad slide tackle and had to have knee surgery And there's like more to the story that we don't quite know all the details to her injury. But basically, she cannot play contact sports ever again, is what we're hearing. And her whole life was set around soccer. And she was going to go to college and play soccer and be on the like, like the US soccer team and like all those things. And she was good enough to do it. Like, it's not like the everyday person who's like, oh, I'm going to go be famous at soccer. Like, she could be famous at soccer. Uh, and she gets a, a letter in her locker from the English teacher. Well, we learn it's from the English teacher, but it basically was like, come to room, whatever number at 5.30 or 4.30. And she's like, okay, I got nothing to lose. So she goes and there's three of her other classmates are there and their teacher comes in and she's like, I am setting up a scavenger hunt. You four have been selected. And the prize when you win, if you win, is like a hundred thousand dollars and they're like what in the hell did our teacher like rob a bank like did she get an inheritance <laughs> like where is she getting a hundred thousand dollars um the kicker is they're in the in california they have to go to london to complete this scavenger hunt and it's going to be all based on literature and clues and stuff because they're it's their english teacher so they all go to london and they have like a chaperone who is somebody that works for their teacher, who is there to make sure, like, nothing horrible happens. She, They can't help them. They can't give them clues. Uh, but, you know, if something goes horribly awry, they're not, like, alone in London as a high school. The clues are fun. A lot of it is, almost all of it, they're all literature-based. So you'll be, like, kind of trying to figure out the clues as she does to see if you, like, know which book it is. Like, there's Sherlock references, there's Jane Austen references, there's Canterbury Tales, like, all kinds (laughs) of cool things. So she goes to her first clue, and it was part of Oliver Twist. So she ends up at an orphanage in London. Not really even an... It's, it's, I guess, technically it's an orphanage, but it's more of, like, a children's home. 
where they live there and it a lot doesn't... different than the Oliver Twist days. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> Oliver Twist orphanage style. And she meets a guy. His name is Luke. <gasps> I know, Martha, you're he's shocked. He's so dreamy. Uh, and he's kind of bookish, and you kind of get the feeling that he may be a little nerdy. And they're around the same age. And we come to find out that he is the cousin of Brit's, like, chaperone. And they're not allowed to have, like, help. They have to do all the things themselves. And at the end, they're supposed to write a journal of stories about their trip and, like, what they learned and, like, tell these compelling stories. Luke and Brit kind of hit it off. And she's decoding. And he's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just go with you and my cousin because I don't have anything else to do. And he's kind of being evasive. Like, he's got his own things going on that he doesn't want to talk about that he's trying to avoid. And he ends up just really going on the trip with them. And it's so, it's just kind of fun as watching her figure out the clues. And he kind of, he's a book guy. Like, he's a book. So he knows all the answers. Like, he knows what the clue's supposed to be. But he has to just sit back and, like, let her figure it out. And they just travel all over London and Scotland and are putting these clues together. Like I even was reading them. I was like, oh, they're going to go to Bath because, you know, it's Jane Austen. And they talk, they tour the Roman baths and they tell you about those. And it kind of was fun to just travel around in the book universe of this story as they're putting the pieces together. And her becoming closer to Luke and kind of opening up to him. Because she keeps everybody a little bit at arm's length. Like, her parents got divorced, and she kind of has abandonment issues uh, throughout life. And and Luke's clearly got some issues with his family that he, every time she starts to ask him about it, he's like, no, we're not talking about me, we're talking about you. And she's like, mm, I don't think so, I think we need to talk about you. Uh, of course, there's a hiccup in the in the adventure where, they, you know, people end up separated uh, the classmates, they'll they'll meet up with each other randomly. She, there's conspiracy of if one of the classmates is trying to hinder the other ones. Um, it was it it is a girl on a journey. You know, she's high school going into college, so she's learning about herself and discovering her own identity and all those kind of things. Uh, I won't tell you what happens at the end. You'll have to read it to find out who wins. Uh, the scavenger hunt uh, but it was super fun I loved it and would highly recommend it I would say the spice is like uh, 0.5 Megan blushes not a lot of spice truly a YA new adult non-spicy romance Clo kind of closed door not even really closed door because there's not a lot of spice to close the door on but I'm a fan and that is Love and Other Great Expectations by Becky Dean. I wonder if she's related to Jimmy because he makes amazing sausage. I was going to say there's no sausage in that book, so it can't be Jimmy Dean. <laughs> she's a Texan. She went to Baylor. I wonder if my old boss. Oh, I should message my old boss and see if she knows her. If they were at school at the same time. Oh, my God. How many people went to Baylor, Megan? Really? <laughs> hey, you never know. Okay Texas then. Is sometimes a big small town, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we're switching it up a little bit this week um so that we can give you a little break between the romances. So, we're going to have Pat go next. Dun dun dun. Oh. Okay, I read a thriller, a suspense 
book, I would call it more than a thriller, called Reef Road by Deborah Goodrich Royce. And at the right at the beginning, I should mention that if you are searching for this author, I found that sometimes she's listed just as Deborah Goodrich and other times by all three names, apparently. She had a career as an actress. I wasn't familiar with her, but I looked her up and she did a fair number of things for about 10 years in the uh, 80s, primarily. Was on one of the soaps, I forget which one. Um, did a lot of guest shots on TV and a, you know, a, a dozen or so movies. And it had the little fun fact in there that she was one of Julia Roberts's bridesmaids. Oh. Didn't say for which, which wedding. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if it was Lyle Lovett. I love him. So anyway, Deborah Goodrich or Deborah Goodrich Royce wrote Reef Road, which is a really interesting, a twisty kind of suspense. It follows two women, or I should say it's narrated from two points of view. Every other chapter you get is labeled a writer's thoughts. And you're in the mind of a woman who is a crime writer. Uh, you get the feeling mostly a, sometimes a true crime writer, sometimes a fictional crime writer. But part of what she tells you about is a murder that affected her family many years before. The book takes place in present times. In fact, uh, the pandemic figures in terms of how easy it is for people to move around. So it's present time is set pretty firmly in the early 2020s. But this murder happens in 1948 in Pittsburgh, and a 12-year-old girl is stabbed to death. Yay, Pittsburgh and murder. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're, are you cheering for Pittsburgh or murder? Yeah, I was just cheering for Keith my Keith was pumping her fist murder. there. Sorry, go ahead, Pat. So it's a... It's a horrific murder. I mean, she's stabbed 30 or 40 some times and she's just 12 years old. She's home alone. Uh, she's in the middle of baking a cake when she's stabbed to death and her parents come home about 10 or 11 o'clock and find her. Ugh. The best friend of this little girl who was murdered becomes the mother of the writer whose thoughts we are in. So she's... She and she talks a lot about how having her best friend murdered when they were both 12 years old has kind of blighted her mother's life, that she was obsessed with the murder of Noelle, that was the little girl uh, in Pittsburgh, and her, her mother was always fearful, never was able to do or, or go out and try things because this fear of this murder just was insidious, it crept through her, and she passed it along to her daughter. And if nothing else, gave her this fascination with murder. So that plays into a lot of what the writer has to say. In the chapters you alternate with, they're called The Wife's Story. And the wife is Linda Alonzo. She is living in Florida. She has two kids. She's married to a man named Miguel, who is an Argentinian national who moved to Florida a few years before. So they have two kids. They're living a pretty good suburban life. Things are a little shaky in the marriage, but she doesn't specify. She makes it sound like, oh, you know, it's 
just kind of the usual things. But just before the pandemic really shuts down, Miguel takes their two children who are fairly young. I'm, I'm thinking sort of in the five to seven year old range, maybe even a little younger. Miguel takes the two kids, flies back to Argentina and without notifying Linda that he's going, he just basically takes them and goes. And so she's left calling the police and because she can't follow. The pandemic has shut down. He times it just right. The pandemic shuts down. She can't leave the country. She's phoning down there. Nobody's answering at his, his wealthy parents' home. And so she is beside herself, worried about the kids. There are so many spoilers that it's hard for me to know what I can say that isn't going to ruin the experience of this book for somebody else. But I will say there are issues with narrator reliability in both Dude, that lines. <laughs> there are, uh, it is not a straightforward timeline. You think at the beginning that you're starting at the beginning and proceeding through the story, but you will find out later that there's a lot more skipping around in time than you might have expected. And the very opening scene of the book, which I haven't even mentioned, that's what happens on Reef Road. There's a beach just off Reef Road. And at the beginning of the pandemic, or near the start of it, a couple of teenage boys are down there. They're not supposed to be on the beach, but they've skipped school, gone down there. And they find a hand, just a, hand, a human hand on the beach. Nope. So Nope. No. <laughs> nope. And that turns out to be a major plot point. What is, for my mind, the best and most interesting of all the twists and turns has to do with what's, because you wonder for a long time, what the writer's story has to do with what the wife's story. It's like, they're both interesting, but they're not intersecting during the first part of the book. When you find out what the connection is, it's a, it's a giant aha moment. And from there on in, the issues of, especially of reliability and who do you trust about what you've heard become more and more complex. It is kind of a slow burn the first half. I, I read a lot of Goodreads reviews where people said, oh, this was just so slow getting started but it richly repays it in the end. So yeah, all around, I found it a pretty fascinating read. One that, like I said, starts a little slow, but by the end, I wish that I had had a paperback or a, actually any kind of hard copy rather than audiobook because it's one that makes you go, wait a minute, I need mm -hmm. to go back and check this against that. That's harder to do with an audiobook. So there's the advantage to reading it in physical format is uh, you will want to go back and forth and go, wait, did we know this? When did we know that? And who told us this? One of the things that made this book a really good audiobook was the excellent job the narrator did, especially bringing out the character of the writer. And that narrator is Saskia Marleveld. So big shout out to her. She did a great job. So that is Reef Road by Deborah Goodrich Royce. 
Dude, she was in one of my favorite movies from the 80s. Which one? It's called Just One of the Guys, where this woman, like, this teenager wants to um, win a journalist, like, award, but they don't accept any of her stories because she's a woman, so Aww. she cuts her hair and pretends to be a guy. Aww. All righty. Moving right along to our lover, not a fighter. Oh, dude, I'll fight. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of something nice to say about romance for a change. Don't I get any kudos for that? Come on. Yes. Thanks. You're welcome. But I'll cut a bitch. All right. As well, you should. So, the book I'm reviewing this week is called Dessert Flirt Repeat by Sarah Smith. Thanks, Sarah, for sending me this book. I, I love Sarah Smith's books. She's one of my auto-buy authors, you know. This book was really funny. I hate it. I keep thinking, I don't know what it is, but I have so many books where then I think about Megan all the time. It's so weird. I feel like I've said that a hundred times lately. Like, I thought of Megan while me. I read this book. You just missed me because you haven't seen me in a hundred years. But this book, very TikTok-centric and... You know, Megan's my other TikTok girly, so I thought about her a lot. So this book is about Becca, and Becca owns this amazing ice cream shop, and she makes all her own ice cream. Um, and she has, I know, Megan, I'm really annoyed because I really want ice cream because Megan's sitting there having Ben and Jerry's <laughs> while I'm giving this review. Straight out the pint. No, no bowl required. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so Becca owns this ice cream shop and she makes all her own ice cream and she does really good business, but her TikTok engagement isn't where she'd like it to be and she would like to get a whole lot more people to the shop, but she has been working like crazy and so she hasn't really been present a lot in her relationship with her um, the, the guy she lives with. So one day she, um, because she owns an ice cream store, she, she thinks that she wants to kind of spice up to their relationship and just thank him for, you know, putting up with all her long hours. So she makes herself a whipped cream bikini and, and greets him at the door in it. And Martha's giving me the side eye. <laughs> I'm trying to think Dude, that is not the side was. eye. I'm like seriously thinking that would only last like two seconds here because it's so freaking hot. It would just melt right off. I feel like people do that all the time. I Tara, mean, it's not I think like. I Tara Reed in some movie. Oh, I can totally see it too, but I have no idea what movie it is. Was it one of the American Pies? I wanted to say that, but I honestly don't think so. I'll look it up while you talk. So she meets him at the door in her whipped cream bikini and he just kind of looks at her and then is like, this isn't working. <laughs> so how embarrassing is it to be met at the door? Like, and you're doing this super awesome thing for your boyfriend. And then he's like, yeah, you know what? Let's break up instead. I mean, and then it turns out that he's been having an affair this like for a while. That motherfucker. Right? Ugh. So she gets really pissed and she tells him to leave and she doesn't let him pack a bag because, I mean, she obviously is pretty upset. I mean, he's turned down sex with a girl in a whipped cream bikini and told her he's cheating on her all in the same day. It is not a big self-confidence booster by any means. So 
she like throws all his clothes out on the lawn you know the whole thing <laughs> i mean she's mad why wouldn't you well then they have i mean they live together so they have a joint checking account Oof. um but it's really her account for the business he takes twenty thousand dollars <gasps> out of their account and then just books yeah and he says well i helped when the business was starting and i worked for free so apparently he thinks he's entitled to like twenty thousand dollars so now she doesn't have rent for the next few weeks i mean for the next few months on her ice cream shop so she gets rick roaringly drunk um and there is this guy on tiktok and he makes these he's a chef and he makes these sultry cooking videos where he just kind of scowls at at the camera and like cooks without a shirt and stuff so he's like the sexy tiktok chef and he has tons and tons of followers and she follows him religiously and he lives and she finds out that he lives in town so while she's super drunk she slides into his dms and asks if he would help her make sexy ice cream videos for the store i love this character so much right <laughs> is amazing so when she gets over her insane hangover and realizes that she she writes this adorable long babbling like dm to him um and he's intrigued because she has spilled way too much about her life and she's so super awkward and just adorably just such a mess um she just babbles and says things that don't mean anything when she's nervous and he's real intrigued so he goes to meet her and so they start making these sexy ice cream tiktoks and of course they get all this engagement from it and i'll tell you what i thought you could not top a romance that was set in a bookstore but romance set in an ice cream shop is pretty darn close because the things they do with ice cream is like I don't know. I've Dude, read a lot of stuff. I, I gotta I say, I am now surprised. like totally going to the fucking store when we're when we're done here and getting some ice cream. Between Megan eating it and all these descriptions and my husband being out of town, I'm like, okay. I definitely I just texted need some ice my cream. 19 year old and I was like, she passed her driving test today, and I was like, oh, we should celebrate with Dairy Queen because I just want some now. <laughs> oh my. Oh, but, that's hilarious. But this is the most adorable love story. I mean, when you're making sexy ice cream related TikToks, I mean, obviously things are going to get a little heated, especially if you're both attracted to each other. So, I mean, it was so much fun. They're, Sarah Smith is this amazing author. Um, she writes these spicy characters that are also they're just human and they mess up all the time and they're adorably just clueless and i mean you can see he's this sexy swooning guy on tiktok but i mean in real life he's just kind of i mean he's good looking but he is not the sexy swooning guy in real life and uh it was just so much fun and um of course i craved ice cream and an awful lot while i was reading it 
Yeah, and this is one of the examples why I buy every book that Sarah Smith puts out. So um, it was a lot of fun. If you're looking for something that is just a great, really fun summer read that's going to make you crave ice cream in the worst way, and then also be like, hey, man, that's stuff done with ice cream I never would have thought of, then you need to read Dessert, Flirt, Repeat by Sarah Smith. Um, It was Allie... Uh, Lar- Larder? It was, it was oh, it vars- wasn't Tara Reed. It was not Tara Reed, and it was Varsity Blues. Oh, oh! Yes, it was. Yeah. She does kind of resemble Tara Reed, and it was in the same era. Was Tara Reed in that movie? No. See, but I think I assumed that like was Tara. her. Yeah, she is blonde like Tara Reed. Dude, I seriously, I feel like I have seen the whipped cream bikini quite a few times i feel like i've seen it on tv even i feel like this is like the, the iconic do. one that i always think she of. put cherries on the nipples because oh, i would totally extra. do that yeah 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 <laughs> but this is the scene i this was what I, the one i i just had the wrong movie and the wrong actress but it was it was varsity blues and ally larder i'll tell you what if i did that and then like got snubbed for sex I don't know that I would ever have sex again. I that would yeah, be more Yeah, that's a little bit. That's more than intimidating, uh, more than humiliating. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of forgetting Sarah Marshall when she yeah. comes when she comes home and he's totally naked and she breaks up with him while he's naked. There's something about being rejected while you're naked that just hmm. I mean, that's that. You you just can't. Or- what 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 what's the um the whistle stop movie? What was oh, that called? Oh yeah, that the, doesn't he come home and she's yes, all wrapped she's in wrapped plastic? in saran wrap. Yeah, um, and he's just like, what are you doing? Kathy and Bates like, in fried green say. tomatoes is what it, what it mm, was. Thank yeah. you. Yep. <sighs> well, you guys want to go? We're we're going from ice cream happiness to the Uh-oh. magic kingdom darkness. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah. Magic Kingdom, like Disney Magic Kingdom? Oh, you're not going to be hungry at all after I give my review. She said darkness. Let me finish this then. I got two bites left. It's bad. (laughs) Okay, friends. Uh Uh-oh. Really, technically, I should save this for spooky reads for October. Because it not only falls into the horror category, but it falls into to the shaking your head absolutely dark dark darkness category like, what, but what yet did i just read the book i read this week is called mave fly by cj lead and the cover of this book i actually had already had it on hold at the library the audio copy of it but i was at full circle and i saw the cover and i'm like that is such a an absolutely hideous cover. I love it. I have to have this book. And it's a debut novel. So I bought it. And of course, I didn't actually read the physical copy of it. I listened to the audio. Now, the description of this book was enough to pique my interest because it sounds just awful. And you know, I love just awful stuff. I I had to read it because it is about a girl who works at the Magic Kingdom in California. And she plays... Well, that's Disneyland. 
Okay. That's Disney. Sorry, Land. sorry. That's not okay, the Magic sorry, Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. I get the two of them mixed up. It doesn't fucking matter. It's Disney, okay? It does matter. They're different. All right. I knew Megan would say something. She works at Disneyland in California. Okay. That's better. She doesn't say Disneyland because I'm sure that they would, you know, give her a cease and desist for doing that. But considering that this book sounds like it's going off the rails. Oh, it, there are no rails to go off of. <laughs> Oh no. Yeah. She is she plays a a princess. I think it she plays the ice princess. So you guys get the idea of which princess she she's playing. So no. you know what she has to look like in order to play that. So you have this I've always been fascinated by people who look one way and behave another. Ah. You know like the super beautiful girls who are assholes to the core. Because I've met a lot of people like that in my life. But the main character in this book, if I had to compare her to somebody, it would probably be to the main character in American Psycho. She is compl- <laughs> She just has the darkest inner thoughts that you could possibly imagine. The best friend is also a princess. And they both have this boss who... The reason that she became their supervisor, they they gave her a supervisor position because they didn't know what to do with her because she was a princess and then her boobs got too big. (laughs) And so, I mean, they couldn't really fire her because she was such a supposedly good employee, but she is just so angry. But she's also super straight laced. So she doesn't like these two because they're wild girls. And they do all kinds of um, really interesting things together. She, her, her friend that she works with has a brother. And she's always going on about her brother. And, you know, you have to meet my brother. So they go out for drinks and the brother shows up. Well, you kind of have the impression that Maeve is almost kind of in love with the best friend. That she's maybe more interested in female um, partners but when she meets I think his name is Gideon I really thought I was going to put this book down because you know how I feel about it when they when they veer into the category of um romantic entanglements I'm just usually mm-hmm. not that interested because it seems like then it, it then be- becomes all about the guy or the girl and she's constantly obsessing about he is a hockey player, professional hockey player, and he has just purchased this house and he brings her over and he knows a little bit about her, of course, because that he's best friends with the sister. She's best friends with his sister and he creates this Halloween room in his house for her because he knows how dark she is, right? So you kind of get the idea that he's really dark and twisted too. And all in the meantime, you're getting all of this just really bizarre thoughts of death and murder and like darkness coming from behind this girl. And it really starts to go off the rails when she goes to work. I mean, it's already off the rails. This is, I, there's nothing nice about this I mean if you're not into dark books do not read this book this is one of those that falls into the dark humor or just plain dark 
visceral, disgusting. Um, I don't even know what what else to say about it. But I I liked the character, oddly enough. I liked her even though she was a psycho with a capital P. You see a lot of things in this 233-page novel that you can't unsee. There were a few things about it that I think probably could have been expanded on that weren't, that sort of got let drop. But I think that as this writer gets more experience that she'll only get better. The fact that she did this on her first time out of the gate just shows that she's going to do well in the horror genre because she didn't flinch when it came to putting this product out there. Do not blame me if you read this book and are disgusted. I'm like horrified just that you're like so I really, I really thought the reason that I ended up ultimately uh, talking about it today was that I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was put together in such a way that it was irresistible because of the main character, because she's a Disney princess, because uh, she loves working there. She's a contradiction on every level. And yet the way she snaps and the things she does it's also a really interesting look at a character psychologically as well. And I think that is ultimately the reason that I wanted to talk about it, is that you don't often see people, people's inner thoughts in this way. People who are writers tend to shy away from the depth and breadth of our depravity, if you know what I mean. And especially when it's well-written and it's presented in such a way that you can actually, I don't know, even sympathize with a character like this. As With reading as many murder novels as I have over time, seeing the inner thoughts of a female serial killer, which is basically what she is, was absolutely fascinating this is going on my shelf and I'm watching this girl closely I think that we're going to see amazing things from her she got a quote from Grady Hendrix on the cover if that tells you anything oh wow Grady Hendrix blurbs your first book well and I didn't know that when I when I set it aside because that's not how I usually read I don't look at any of the quotes when I'm checking out a book I go right to the description read the description put it on hold put it away so it was already already there when I bought this book and I didn't even read this on the cover until I sat down just now to look at it again I like I to go new, oh sorry I, I like I to go in cold the, yeah I hate that new trend of like let's not put a description of the book on the back but just put all the blurb I like, really hate that of the book on the back again. Yeah, no, that's that's that, that that does not work for me. So the bottom line is that if you are a horror reader or you really like the serial killer genre and you don't have a weak stomach, this book might be for you. Everybody else, don't do it. Of course you will because I said that, so there's that well you got me hooked i just put it on my <laughs> notify me when libby gets this list so. <laughs> and, and, that's, that's and, 
I just I'm love the whole really Disney princess serial killer thing. I it is the ultimate dark novel. I don't know. I I can't ever unsee the things I saw in this book, and I love it. It was called Maeve. Oh, sorry. Go it, ahead. it was called Maeve. That's spelled M A E V E. Maeve Fly by C J Lead. And the other interesting thing is, is this girl, the the, um, the author of this book, lives in L.A. and she's beautiful. So it kind of makes you go, that's really interesting. She's probably a Disney princess that murders people in time. I don't know, but I just really thought that it, it I love the idea that that she didn't shy away from writing something ugly just because she's beautiful. Is Mayfly the name of the main character? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't understand the fly part. And is there any some kind of a play on the whole Mayfly? It, yeah, it comes. Yeah. It, like yeah. I, I like that when you, when you have a, a novel that at some point, because I don't think her last name is actually Fly, but her first name is Maeve. I think that you you get the title at some point in the novel, which is great. I mean, it makes sense. Elsa's kind of a serial killer. She did try to freeze her entire fucking town. Yeah, I do believe that there's a little bit of that uh, explanation in there as well. That darkness. If there's any Disney princess that deserves a little dark, it's Elsa. I mean, she basically threw a tantrum and then froze everybody. So Yeah, she pretty much did. So she's probably, yeah. And then gave us the... And then made a big ever. snow monster. Exactly. I did, like, I did like the snow monster. So, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? If you don't like the book, don't blame me. I thought it was fucking awesome. Martha's like, this was a really good book. None of you will like it. Well, Only me. You know what? You have to give a spoiler, or not a spoiler. You have to give people the truth. It's no, sort I of like you. when I when I review a book that I didn't like very well that I think is going to be huge. When I reviewed The Night Circus, I oh, did I not glow that. about The Night Circus, but I said, this is going to be huge. If you go back and you listen to my review back then, I did not give that five stars. That was not a five-star read for me. Night yeah it see this is what i'm saying is that you have to know your audience i know my audience our audience for the most part would be horrified would be horrified by this book but there are my listeners who will like it so i that, don't think this sounds much like the night circus no it's not but what i'm trying to say is that sometimes i review no, books I that i don't necessarily love that i know other people will love this book is something I love. Yeah, but the people who really dig that super horror stuff will yeah. dig it. Yeah. I can, I can already Yeah, tell. it's it's definitely going to be huge in the horror community. She is she is a bright star, up and coming writer in Psychomass. She's gonna be it. she's an it girl, I can tell you that for nothing. Plus she's beautiful, so that doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> She's more than her looks, Martha. Yeah, I know. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Don't. We're going to cease and desist from Disney. 
Uh, I love the way she danced around it too. She did not say the D word in this book. Oh no, God, she no, did not. Yeah, you know, she really did a good job of skirting around any of those names. She didn't. Oh yeah. 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 Dude, the cover's freaking me out with all the teeth, and she's licking a freaking eyeball. I'm like, telling you, this shit. is this is this is it, man. The guy who who did the cover was especially good. Cover art by Carly Janine Mazer. I only go for the debut novel to have it on my shelf if it's good. This thing's going to be worth money someday, friends. She has two more horror novels coming. Yep, I saw that. I'm so excited. See, I might have some more by October if she gets her shit together and hurries up. Patience, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> She's a Trekkie, Pat. <gasps> oh. Well, there's another plus, but yeah, it sounds like something <laughs> I'd read. Perfectly entertained. What? My author's a, my author's a sci-fi girly. It says she can be found watching science fiction shows or quoting lord of the rings <gasps> so hurry. but does she have a d does she have a sticker on the back of her car that says shire national park i don't think so i do though yeah not everybody's a I, super geeky as we yeah. <laughs> she's a super geek super geek she's super geeky i bet your author doesn't have one of gates mcfadden's outfits either probably <laughs> not true. but pat does that I is a super geek Hey, maybe we can get this author to be on the show when she does her next one. You should try and get her now before everybody Before she becomes her. super famous. Yeah, for real. <laughs> CJ, if you're listening to this, hit me up, girl. For those of you who have been waiting patiently and paying us diligently, we do have Patreon episodes coming. We promise. It's just vacation season and getting everybody in the same room is ridiculously hard. But we're, but we're working on it. Oh, oh no. God, I didn't even tell you guys what happened to me on my way back from Minnesota. What? No. Okay. Saddle up. Ah, uh, saddle up. I flew United, which I do There's not which I do not normally do. I did it because it was a cheaper flight, but I had a layover <laughs> in Houston. The flight was from Minneapolis to Houston and then Houston to Oklahoma City. Well, the flight was delayed because there was some sort of mechanical problem on the plane. So we waited and we waited and we waited. And finally, we got on the plane. So almost right after, the pilot comes on and says, I'm sorry, folks, there's an issue with first class. And some of the pa passengers are getting unruly. And I really don't want to have to turn this plane around. <laughs> it sounded like a mom getting on there going, don't make me stop this car. We were in the air yeah. at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he's like, the safety of our flight attendants is really important to us. And we're going to be giving vouchers to the people who are whatever, whatever. So he's going on about this. And I'm like, I was so tired that I had kind of dozed off. And when I woke up, I kind of like didn't even register whether this was real or not. You know how you do when you wake up. <laughs> so then a, a few minutes later, he comes on and goes, well, I guess we're going to have to land the plane. Um, there's a leak on the outside of the aircraft. 
we're leaking water and that's causing an issue of safety and blah 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 goes on about that for a minute and says we're going to make an emergency landing in kansas city so they land the plane and then we sit there and and we sit there and we sit there and we sit there the guy next to me gets up and he's like one of those super old guys you know and he can barely walk so he gets all the way to the front of the plane and they're like oh they're like "Uh, everybody sit down we're gonna go return to your seats so the guy sits down then right after that they're like well i guess we can't continue so they take us all off the plane by this time because when we left it was like three o'clock in the afternoon by this time it's like seven o'clock we're in kansas city our connecting flight in houston is supposed to leave at like eight finally i just make the decision okay we're renting a car we're driving home so then they're like well we can't give you your refund because technically the flight is still in progress so you'll have to call or you'll have to go online when you get home so i go online and they're like our, there are rules on you know getting a refund and your rule doesn't fit that so then they're like not wanting to give me a refund I finally got it I got the refund I got it everything's right so it's just a debacle getting home so that's my story Dude, I want to know what they were doing in first class that they got called out by the pilot. It's like yeah. I said, I was asleep. You're having a party up there. I was so tired. And we weren't really that far from first class. I mean, I could see some flight attendants like in the aisle, but I have no idea what the freak was going on up there. I, I kind of was talking to some of the passengers after we got off and it had something to do with the fact that the water was shut off so they couldn't serve the first class passengers. And one of the ladies told me that they had considered canceling the flight because they knew that first class passengers would be assholes. Because somebody who talked to the yeah. flight attendants said that. Said they do all this stuff for first class passengers. I've, I've read somewhere that, I mean, working conditions on airplanes or because of the behavior of passengers has gotten so bad since the pandemic. It's just incidents of assault have gone through the roof mm-hmm. it's like they feel so entitled to be dicks it was ridiculous considering the whole point of us flying home was to avoid the long drive and we ended up driving anyway for six hours five and a half six hours the universe telling you you should stay home and just do the podcast pa- uh, pat i'm kind of i'm kind of thinking you might be right on that <laughs> When I was in Ireland, we flew Aer Lingus. And if you're ever flying in Ireland, that sounds I like Cunnilingus. No, so it does. Don't Did you ruin see Aer Lingus. Do not ruin Aer Lingus. Anyway, <laughs> point of the story is uh, when we were flying home from Ireland, there was we got delayed. There was like terrible headwinds or whatever. We land in Chicago, and we touch down. They're like, "Hey, um, we know a lot of you have connections, and you've missed them." Uh, we've rebooked you on every we've rebooked all your connections if we can get you on flights tonight or we've already booked you hotels we're gonna hand you a pat like a thing we're expediting you all through customs and like handing you a pink piece of paper that tells you what gate you need to run to like all of it was done while we were over the ocean so then when i went to vegas with an ex and we got diverted because it was like hella foggy and we couldn't land in houston for our layover I called United. I'm sitting on the plane, like, trying to rebook us because we're still on the 
And I was like, because Aer Lingus had booked us on every flight to our destination for the rest of the night. So if you missed the first one, you were automatically booked like on the next one. And so I told the I told United, I was like, I need you to book me on every flight for the rest of the day from Houston to Vegas. And they're like, well, we can't do that. I said, Aer Lingus can do it over the goddamn Atlantic. You can handle it on the continental US. And she was like, okay, it's done. I was like, thank you. <gasps> <laughs> Those bitches! But she, I was saying, I literally was like, Aer Lingus can figure this shit out when I'm over the Atlantic Ocean. I'm pretty sure you can handle it when I'm on the ground. Yeah, well. God, you're saying that word way too often, and it's freaking me out. Aer Lingus, Aer Lingus, Aer Lingus. Why would anyone name their airline that? It's Irish. It's probably, if you translate it, probably, I don't know what, it's, what it, like, translates to. All I, I can think of is cunnilingus in the air. It's like a weird, like. Yeah, it's like that, it's like, what did club? they call that? Yes, the Mile High Club. Only but with that's a twist. For sex, and this <laughs> only, is like only, the half mile high club. Only with a twist. They should call it something else anyway if you're getting. It actually means air fleet. So it's not. Oh, <laughs> but it just <laughs> sounds <laughs> like. Yeah. I figured it well, meant it something. Between, between the fact that, that Keith brought up the fact that it sounds like cunnilingus, and then Megan started talking about bad headwinds, and I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was right there. With and you. Yeah. that's going to do it for Three, three book, book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.